This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The move by so many U.S. companies out of Russia, once again, bringing the discussion back about how companies react to social issues. You also had the uh, inaction by Disney CEO Bob Chapek recently around LGBTQ plus rights in Florida. Obviously, Disney then stepped forward, but obviously there was a period of time and lag between the initial uh, statements and when they finally did make a move. So what is it that gets companies off of the sideline and into the game when employees are left aghast after these social issues surge in focus? It is becoming an even more important topic to discuss and a pleasure to have joining us uh, on the show, Stephanie Creary, who is a, an assistant professor of management at the Wharton School. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Hey, doing great. Good to be back. Thank you. Uh it is obviously a very important component to the discussion about how companies are being held uh, and brought forward here now to to really address a lot of these issues. What is it that are the key components that will get companies involved at some point? So what we're seeing right now um, in many companies is a, a really strong response to external um advice, recommendations, pressure, whichever you want to call it, to engage more intently around social issues. And I talk about this in my research as being uh, a sense of feeling authorized socially or social authorization. And so this is the idea that firms and boards um, are experiencing, uh, if you will, a a sense of uh, permission from external groups, including um, including uh, investors, including the public, including even their own employees who are not necessarily external, but they are external to, to the board, for instance. Um, they're, they're seeing that um, and the recommendations, and I would say, if you will, the, the pressure from these groups uh, to engage in these issues, and they're starting to respond to that. So I, I don't want to suggest that that's the only mechanism through which um, companies and boards will engage, but we're seeing it being a very effective mechanism in the last couple of years. But I get, and, and that, that's really, I think, part of the component here is what we've seen play out in the last couple of years, maybe to a degree, starting with George Floyd's murder. Obviously, there have been other instances as well that these have been components that really have had a call to action either for or against companies, police departments, et cetera, uh, over the last few years? Absolutely. I think it's important to sort of stop and, and think about this as sort of rewind five years, 10 years, even 15 years. There was a strong separation in many companies, the vast majority of corporations, uh, separating sort of like the, the business, the economic um, activities in which it engages from its more social activities. And what the trend has been over the last 15 years, and certainly on fast forward over the last couple of years, is to see business and society as interwoven, as interlinked, and as as dependent upon one another. Um, And so what's happening now is that, at least what I'm finding in my research, is that companies are starting to see 
the, the, the linkages between their activities and what happens socially, that these are not separate um, entities. They're very much bound up um, in one another. So company success is dependent on what happens socially, and certainly what happens socially or societally is dependent on what happens uh, with respect to companies. Um, and so we're seeing these two you know, entities, which we in the past would talk about as being very separate uh, pieces uh, of the world, we're seeing them come together, and now what we're what's happening is is companies are responding because you know a very varying groups of stakeholders are are helping companies to understand uh, where their responsibility lies and where they might um, be creating um, either negative effects on society or whether you know in remediating some of these negative effects on society it also helps the company to do better as well so these are things that are that are new and emerging but certainly promising and part of that response that you talk about uh is that fact that many companies have been hiring directors director level jobs positions around ESG around environmental social and governance uh which gives the perception that they are in this for the long term yeah, so I, you know, I think it's certainly in in many companies we we've seen this with respect to any job that or any issue that has sort of also a social relevance. So chief diversity officers being part of this group, they weren't necessarily just hired. Uh, the, the role wasn't just created in the last two years. The role has been around for decades. But the the fast forward, the pushing hard on the gas pedal to hire more chief diversity officers certainly has has been something that has emerged in the last couple of years. Same with ESG um, officers. I ended up finding out from some of my research that in some companies, they're starting to hire someone um, with the title of director of employee activism, which I have found absolutely fascinating. Um, again, when you think about the history of business and history of sort of separating business from societal issue, the fact that companies are starting to hire someone called a director of employee activism helps yeah. us to understand that this is a, a tide that is turning. Uh, at least we don't know if it's temporary, we don't know if it's permanent, it hasn't been long enough to determine how long it's going to last, but that, that in and of itself helps us to understand that the issues are so important, but they're also so vast that we have to at least have one person in the company yeah. have its eyes on this. We do know whether we look at chief diversity officers or ESG directors or now these new employee social activism directors, that that person can't bear the whole responsibility for the initiative. But at least it's someone who is paying attention to these things and keeping it at the top of the agenda. And I would think that that part of that is also uh part of the process of the follow through on a lot of these issues. You know, we heard uh, a, a lot of companies uh, in the wake of, of George Floyd's murder talking about looking to support uh, different initiatives uh, in communities around the, around the United States. Uh, you have to follow through on this stuff or else you're going to be called to the carpet on it. Yeah. And I think that's what the leaders who have these jobs, whether it's again, chief diversity officer, or ESG director, or director of employee activism, that, that's their job is their job is to keep talking about it. So when something else happens in the company and people get distracted or when the business cycle turns and we're focused on, you know, making, um, you know, helping the bottom line to be increased, these directors of these kind of socially based, I would say, maybe not just socially based, but hybrid uh, functions are there to make sure the company doesn't take its eye off of, of the issues. Um, and I think, 
to some extent, what they're also having to do is, is to help companies continue to stay motivated and, and make sense of why they are engaging in these issues at the intersection of, of business and society, because it is less complex and it is less resource intensive and it is easier to not focus on these issues. So it's an important role. It's certainly not an easy one, but around yeah. issues of accountability and maintaining the focus on these social issues, these leaders taking these jobs and these companies supporting these leaders taking these jobs is a step in the right direction. You brought up a, a, another side to this, which uh, played out a little bit uh, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, when uh, California made the call on uh, boards of directors, it, is the legislative side and, and how that can play a role in this process as well. Yeah, so this is fascinating because recently, uh, beginning of April, California struck down uh, the, the law requiring board diversity, but they only struck down, there's actually two laws. There's a more recent one um, in 2020, which was focused on increasing the number of uh, underrepresented people. And, and by that, they, the law was talked about people who were from underrepresented racial ethnic groups in the U.S. and people who identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. So that was the law that in April, uh, around the uh, beginning of April was struck down and declared unconstitutional. There was a precedent for that law in 2018, and that was about increasing the number of women on boards. So that one has not been struck down yet. But what, what is interesting is what I found in my research is I've looked both at um, the issue of board diversity from the standpoint of um, when there are laws put into effect, for example, like the California law, and then when there's you know just social pressure, for example, following on the heels of, of the murder of George Floyd, right? This, this broader sense of um, in, social engagement around these issues. And, and, and fascinatingly enough, I found that following the murder of George Floyd, when the push came um, in response uh, from, from a variety of stakeholders and not just sort of being compliant with the law, that boards were more likely to go beyond just simply recruiting additional diverse directors to the board. They were actually more willing to do deeper levels of the, uh, engage more deeply in, in diversity work, such as paying attention to, like, well, what is the firm actually doing um, with respect right. to DEI? Um, are they, how are they looking with respect to advancing people in leadership? How are they looking with respect to creating a, a culture of inclusion or creating the sense that more people can belong? So there's deeper engagement, what I found in my research, in issues of diversity, not just representation, um, when the source isn't just laws, relative to when the source of the push to um, talk about diversity on boards is is just focused on coming from a law. Let me get your thoughts on, on what we saw play out in Florida in and around Disney initially not making a, a, a stand on some of the legislation that was trying to go through in that state and then coming back afterwards and making the statement. And the the difference in in timing and response especially when you're talking about a company like that that has such a wide base of connection with so many people and so many different members of communities around the around not only around the country but around the globe. Yeah, so I think the Disney example is a perfect example of the tension that still exists between um, you know, business and and policy. Right. So the old way of doing things was would be what 
um, you know, many of the politicians would suggest that business stays out of anything that has legal implications. But what we know is businesses can't stay out of anything that has legal implications because by their very nature, they are beholden to all the laws um, that everyone else is beholden to. And so what happened in this case was Disney decided to, you know, assert its own uh, beliefs and values around inclusion with respect to um, lesbian, bisexual, gay, and transgender people and saying that this law around, you know, essentially has been tagged as the don't say gay law was um, not reflective of, of Disney's values. And so what ends up happening is then the um, legislation, the legislature in, in Florida, you know, essentially bit back and said, we're going to take away all the advantages that we've been giving you because you are stepping into a space that we don't think you should. And so this is it's actually telling us there is still a tension between business and policy. Um, what is still um, uncertain is what Disney might do as, as a result of this. So it's clear that they're being penalized by, by Florida government for taking a stand. Um, but, you know, if Disney is going to continue to adhere to its own values around diversity, equity, inclusion, that won't deter it from continuing to talk about these issues. But I think it's still stu- too soon to tell what, how Disney is going to respond to the penalties that are being bestowed upon it. All right. Stephanie, great to talk with you. Thanks very much. All the best. Thank you so much. Bye now. Stephanie Creary, Assistant Professor of Management at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.